hi, this is Paul. And some of you in this little corner know Kara. And um, so she she's in for a randos conversation. So, uh, Kara, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, well, I'm Ukrainian living in Poland. And for 20 years already, that's how long it is. Um, so you're not a refugee. I am not a refugee. Uh, like my family is in Ukraine, my mom, my brother, like my grandma, my sister, uh, I got her out of there uh, in summer. So she's staying at my other place. And yeah, I reached out to Paul because I wanted to change something like that helplessness with this situation is a little bit overwhelming. And I reached out to to several people. And Paul is one of those who agreed to talk to me. Yeah. Well, let's, let's like, start. I'm, I'm really grateful. Let's start. So you grew up in the Ukraine. Yes. And what was your family life like growing up? Well, mom, dad, grandma, granddad, uh, a lot of friends. Uh, everything is like really chill until Soviet Union broke down. <laughs> so um. I am a kid of uh, in the time when Soviet Union was still pretty much a thing. Okay. And we had really nice path in front of us. We would become pioneers as soon as I would get out of kindergarten and deserve to be a pioneer. It's like Boy Scouts. It's just like Mr. Uh, different color and everything was predetermined let's say i grew up in the south so a lot of seaside a lot of tourists from all over soviet union so i met people from different countries i mean in the same kind of block yeah i i have really good memories uh, from that time and then not to sound like Soviet agent. <laughs> just like for children, everything is beautiful somehow. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did your family go to church? Okay, that's an interesting thing because I'm from the mixed family. It was half Muslim family, half Christian family. That is very interesting. <laughs> Well, uh, well, uh, it's um, uh, my dad is Estonian. My mom is half Tatar. I mean, wow. she's full on Tatar, but she tells she's half Tatar. But like, <laughs> <laughs> her parents both Muslim, uh, because uh, Soviet Union is huge, and it had people from different countries like uh, i was born in one country of soviet union my sister was born in a different country and then we all were sent to ukraine when i was two years old so i grew up in ukraine but i wasn't born there as well it's um, it's it's a long story but basically we had this uh, understanding that i'm a foreigner in ukraine as well mm. So you were for, you were a foreigner in Ukraine, and now you're double foreigner in Poland. Yeah, so you've I'm always a been a foreigner. In my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
and and you're from a family that half comes from um christian and north. half comes from muslim oh yeah so you've also you're, north and south you've got a lot of cosmopolitan in you and the first the first the first thing out of you see i pay attention when i ask questions like this because I, I, the questions are intentionally quite open-ended and the thing that you choose to say you know says something and you know it's the childhood it's the stability of the pre-collapse of the soviet union the seaside the the nuclear family all around um that's that says a lot and and so not only are you from different places and are your parents from different places but there's a sense of there's a sense of paradise lost in your story already well yeah it was pretty small when everything collapsed and <laughs> it to me was oh that guy Lenin is a bad guy now, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all those coins are collected. They're worthless now. <laughs> oh, I was looking forward to be a pioneer. Like, is there a, a replacement pioneer or something? Can I be somebody else? And then nothing. Yeah, we had everything new. Uh, well, say, say, tell me more. What do you mean we had everything new? What, what do you mean? Oh, you mean when the transition happened? Yeah, transition was very sudden. Uh, like all the books were immediately exchanged. We there was uh, uh, there was one set of books. It was taken away, and we received a different set of books. Wow! Uh, like completely different. Wow! History was changed. Wow! Uh, that's that's a, that's an incredible thing for an entire a mass of people to go through a transition like that. What does that do to you? I mean, you were young, so I mean, in some ways, I mean, the cake wasn't baked, you weren't formed yet, so suddenly there's this whoosh and things are up and ended. Did you did you were you still living in the same place? Did yeah. parents lose jobs? I mean, what happened? Is is it just kind of many things stayed the same and these these other things just sort of flipped well uh, i can tell from child perspective right a lot of parents of, of children in my uh, class or like my peers they lost jobs and general depression started because there is suddenly entire nation under stress when before they had jobs we had mm, we had a big undertaking uh, which was swimming pool they dug up a huge hole <laughs> then after soviet union collapsed that hole just stayed the hole until they covered it up uh, 15 years later it never was built. And later I found out that it was in uh, a lot of schools in Ukraine. There's a big swimming yeah. pool project that someone put through and then the government changed and then the whole big swimming pool project stopped. <laughs> yeah. well, so you didn't, so, so you're, um, 
you've got Muslim and Christian. How did your parents, was religion a factor in your household or was it sort of Soviet um, atheism or was it just kind of this, these aren't things we ever talked about or paid attention to? Uh, well, they both agreed that I will be the child that goes baptized okay. in the Orthodox Church. So okay. I was the only child who got baptized right away. How many siblings do you have? I have I have two siblings. I have a sister and a brother. Okay. But you're the only one baptized. I, I was the only one baptized. My sister was baptized when she was 12 okay. afterwards. Okay. So you're baptized Orthodox. Yes, I am baptized Orthodox. Did your family go to church regularly or not? Uh, no, for holidays, mainly for Easter to um, kind of, um, because a church was in a different village. It was not in the same village that where I grew up. Okay. And to go to church, you would have to drive. But my mom was always like, no, I like one specific church in the middle of town. And so we would go through this massive art under, uh, it was an undertaking, uh, one hour by car to go to that one church uh, in the town. Do you have memories yeah, of it's... church? What, what you thought of it when you were, when you were a little girl? Yes. I remember I've seen how my sister got baptized, how my mom got baptized when she was 33, because my mom was the Muslim one. <laughs> Right. She changed, uh, she baptized herself. I mean, she decided to baptize. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, that there is this one prayer that I learned, Holy Father. I also read it um, uh, in live streams before in the past uh, in uh, Russian. And that prayer I kept reading like since I was a kid every day. It, I think it's kind of OCD by now. <laughs> like I feel unsafe if I don't read it. Okay. Okay. So what? So um, how old were you when when the change happened in terms of the government and the um, the breakup of the Soviet Union? I was six. Okay, so you were very oh. young. Yeah. And so, what was? Um, what was your education system like between six and twelve? Well, I I first of all I had to learn Ukrainian language. Oh, because it was not uh, spoken in the south of Ukraine. Uh, there, where I come from, it was massively Russian population, Russian-speaking in... population. Oh, that's interesting. So you grew up speaking Russian and then you had to learn Ukrainian when, as you really started getting into school. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. What was that like I mean, for you? Beautiful. It's such a beautiful language. Uh, I was uh, a singer. So like since I was four, <laughs> I got noticed and always put on a chair and on a spot and uh, to perform. So singing in Ukrainian was amazing. It's mm -hmm. like, that language sings itself somehow. It's mm -hmm. it's a beautiful language. Wow. Wow. So, okay. So um, you're growing up, you're learning Ukrainian, you're going to school. What's the education system like in terms of, I mean, in America, there's sort of grade school, which is 
um, kindergarten through eighth grade, really junior high is sixth to eighth grade. And then high school, what's the, what's the education system? What was the education system like for you? Well, it's kindergarten until you're six. Okay. And when you're six, you go to the first grade and okay. then you go until 11th grade. Okay. Right now I think it's 12th grade. Okay. It's always the same school. Okay. Oh, it's always the, all this, the same school all the way through. All the way through. So people who are like teenagers, they go to the same school with the six-year-olds. Wow. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they meet in cafeteria. <laughs> okay. So as a teenager, what were you interested in? Music. Music. Okay. Yeah. And math. And a lot of math and music. It was my big passion. Okay. Okay. Um, and then when you got, when you graduate, do you graduate school? Did you graduate at 11th or 12th grade? Well, uh, I, I left, uh, the village school from the eighth grade. Okay. And then I was sent to private school in the city from oh. the village to the city. Um, were you still, so, were you living at home or commuting or did you go and live with someone else? No, we were living, it was like boarding school. Oh, what was that yes. like? Well, a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers and uh, like, let's say 200 teenagers and only four ladies watching over them. All girls? Only, no, the only safety measure is boys and girls. They are in separate uh, living facilities, but windows facing each other. And we would meet if we would go out and sit with the monument. So there would be all of those uh, like boy, like the building for boys, the building for girls, and in the middle was the monument. And around the monument were the benches. So if we would we want to uh, meet and talk to each other, play truth or dare, which was a big deal, <laughs> like our game. <laughs> uh, so we would meet in the in the thing. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was the rule breaker. I would meet with the locals instead. Instead of, <laughs> instead of talking to the people from the university, not university, boarding school, I would uh, sneak local kids in and tell them to pretend to be from, <laughs> from the place. And I would hang out with them instead and listen to their stories. Why did your parents send you to private school? Me and my sister, uh, my mom had uh, my brother and uh, it's from a different marriage. Oh, okay. And so me and my sister were in the way a little bit. Okay. <laughs> and like they, like she was starting her family. So she sent me and my sister away and I was like doing the best of it. So I had a lot of fun. I have great memories from there. Good, good, good. So what happened after that school? Did you go to college? Did you leave? What? So you're in the big city and, you know, you, you finish up with education and then, and then what, what was that transition like? Well, um, I stayed for summer afterwards, like always uh, worked uh, as a waitress because I did not want to go home. And there was the story uh, where I lived in a church, actually. So that big church to which I was always liked to go from the village. It was not far away. So I started going there. 
just because like I needed uh, somebody to talk to somehow other than my peers, like somebody adult, uh, like guidance. I mean, I, I talked to all the cleaning ladies, like we all were friends, um, but the cleaning ladies were telling scary stories to me. And then I needed, like they were telling me all the things that might happen to a girl. Oh, okay. It was it was terrifying. They meant they so, meant well. They wanted to scare you into 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 a safety zone. So yeah. Oh wow. I they got me a little bit paranoid, so I started going to church. And this is um, like it's my favorite story. It's the first time as a teenager I go into church uh, on Sunday, and like I, I'm quietly waiting until the service is over. And then I see uh, the confession booth and there's like on one side, the confession booth with a massive queue. And on the other side is a confession booth. And there is definitely somebody in taking confessions, but nobody is queuing up to that one. I was like, oh my God, the underdog, my type of priest. <laughs> so, so like, he will understand me. What's like to be an underdog. So I'm coming in uh, and I don't know who is in there. And I'm seeing that almost a boy, it was like a, a tall priest with long blonde hair and blue eyes. And I'm looking at him, oh my God, it's, it's, it's like a teenager, like somebody like me. It's like, are you a priest? And he's like, yes. I was like, how old are you? And I'm it's like, I'm 22. And he's like also noble about it. And I, I, I started talking to him and he turned out to be really intelligent uh, conversation partner. So we, we talked for a while. We had like this philosophical discussion about indoctrination uh, since childhood. Mm, and he said, you were indoctrinated in some other way of thinking. But now because your soul is Christian, when you have hard times, you can hear. The conversation was so good that he said, uh, can you come after the service to my place? I live behind the, the church. I was like, that's really weird. I'm in. So <laughs> I'm like not listening to all the, all the cleaning ladies from the place I lived in. So I'm coming in and he, he greets me with a tea. It was a tiny, tiny kind of almost shed sort of house it's like two rooms basically but like made from soil like really poor and he said my wife is currently in kiev she will be back uh, on wednesday she would love to meet you i was like that gets even weirder I totally would want to meet his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he starts talking to me and I'm completely like, I cannot almost hear it. I just see him talking because like everything seems to me amazing. I was just really depressed and alone that I needed guidance and an adult. And instead I find somebody who seems to be my peer. And and he talks and talks and he explains how he just arrived to Kherson from Kiev with his wife. They just like, they're new in town. They don't have friends. They don't, didn't make their names. So they were new people. And, um, 
and uh, I meet his wife on Wednesday. I come after school, let's say, run away from my classes. <laughs> and she comes and I see her and she's like this tiny Jewish girl with like massive Afro and she has one tooth missing and she looks completely insane. And she's like, hi, I'm so happy to see you. And she runs at me and she gives me a massive hug. By that point, I completely forgot about her husband. I was just overtaken by her, by her heart. And we became good friends. So oh. that was the story how I ended up living in church. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful story. So so you finish school and what do you do? Well, uh, I finished school and I wanted to get into the university. Mm -hmm. And there were several options. Um, but for that, I needed to spend a summer in the city okay. uh, to try to get into different universities. And okay. I failed because I could not afford... Um, uh, like besides really good grades, you also have to have, um, they call it a roof. Uh, back in those days, you had to have a patron who would yep. like help you to get into the university. And I did not have that. Mm. So I failed. And I stayed in summer working as a waitress um, and uh, living in church. And maybe in August, somebody from the people in the church told me, well, you know, there is, uh, you can try in Warsaw. If you have good grades and you speak a, a, like a little bit of English, if you're prone to learning, just gather up money and go to Warsaw and get in the university there. And like, that's how my adventure started, basically. I got into Warsaw University. I did not need a patron. My brain was enough, apparently. Mm -hmm. I needed money for the ticket. And I stayed with uh, acquaintances of acquaintances. Was it was it fairly easy to go from Ukraine to Poland? I mean, did you have to, could you could did you need a visa or could you just go and do it or? Well, in those years, I did not really need a visa yet because Warsaw was not yet in the European Union. Uh... It, it it got into European Union in uh, two thousand and three. And I, when I was trying, was like 2002. <laughs> so I still could go uh, without a visa until three months. Uh, like I could cross the border just having a Ukrainian passport. And um, I, I always, I was, I don't know if it was easy. Uh, when you're young and you, I, I was used to life kind of, turning upside down since early age, uh, adapted to it, let's say. All, everything is an adventure. And I was really motivated as well to escape the reality. So, mm. so you did you learn English? Um, had, had you been pretty good at languages? And so you learned English. So, um, and so Polish. The, okay, and Polish. So Russian, grew up in Russian, learned Ukrainian for school, English along the way, Polish, moved to Warsaw. And what did you study when you got to Warsaw? Well, it was international relationships. It was one which had like least amount of, uh, least amount of uh, grades needed. 
to get okay into okay but i um a year later after that i anyway got into uh, ukrainian school and finished economics and in uh, specializing in bankruptcy and crisis solving okay in in the ukrainian university okay okay so you're able to get into university and 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 when did you when did you meet your husband oh i met my husband after uh, well i met him in 2008 okay actually i was already working um and like i made it my my goal to be independent to have an apartment to to be all of that so i achieved that goal i finished my university i got myself an apartment i was just paying off the rest of the credit i made a career so i i worked in a hr consulting company which is like uh, i was responsible for ukrainian market okay super cool uh, i met him in 2008 he was a student in uh sgh uh, so it's it's all it's a very famous university in poland okay is he polish oh no, he's ukrainian he a foreigner no he's belarusian <laughs> he's belarusian but his mom is polish <laughs> you are you are just this um this mosaic of uh of all these nationalities yeah i mean it it is it is good and it is bad in a sense like I don't have a strong sense of identity. Uh, it's hard to be indoctrinated uh, into one thing because I had so many experiences with different cultures and even religions and people. Mm. But it is uh, hard to find grounding. So I always feel like I'm floating in the wind all the time. Now you, but, you, you, you know, stayed with church, you met the young priest, you met his wife. Um, did church stick with you or is church not something that you've, you've done much with in your adult life? Well, re uh, religion sticks, sticks with me. Okay. Church. Uh, I am guilty of going to church uh, once a month, but I go to different churches. Like I go to Catholic church. Sometimes I go to Orthodox church. It all depends on uh, my friends who will take me. Like I need a company to go to, to the church. Uh, I, I'm very clingy to people. <laughs> say I, I always need to make friends and like even that experience in the church and that thing how i came to warsaw i always was making friends and relying on them so friendship was a big deal for me yeah like last time i was in church it was with my friend daria who is um who is a kind of a celebrity in Poland. So she goes to Africa, saves people. She was on a TED talk, like she's, uh, she's a big deal. And uh, she takes me to a Dominican church here in Warsaw to sing. Uh, so, so I was singing with them. There are some videos. It's a beautiful church. Wow. Like, yeah. That's very interesting. Um, 
so eventually married. Um, you have a son. Do you have more than one child or just a son? I have two children, a, a son and a daughter. A My daughter, a daughter is older and the okay. son is younger. Okay, okay, okay. And what's it like being a mom? Well, uh, you stop being important. <laughs> like, like you absolutely like a nobody <laughs> compared to your children. <laughs> like... I was risking my life so many times before I was a mom. I bungee jumped, I scuba dived. I was daring myself to do all these insane things in real life. And when I became a mom, I was afraid to go over a bridge because like I looked down and I was like, oh my God, what if something happens to me? What what will be with my kids? <laughs> yeah. Like that definitely puts you in your <laughs> in your place. It's true. It's true. There's something. There's something. You are as a mom. You are worth. <laughs> as a mom, you have a value that you didn't have before you had the children. Yeah. And uh, no, no, that's that's. So the you've you found your way to this now. You know, I would have I would have imagined that someone born before the collapse of the Soviet Union, who had to learn Ukrainian, then to go through school, who had a very interesting adventure with a young priest and his wife, who <laughs> had to go to Warsaw to get into college, but then finished up her degree in Ukraine, who um, whose husband is is again from this whole Eastern European um, conglomerate. One of the one of the interesting things for me over the last even just the last few months, I was listening to the Rest is History podcast on Poland. I've had a couple of conversations with um, with polls. I've, I've met a few polls along the way. They've been on the channel. Um, you know, one of the things that for myself growing up in the United States during the Cold War, everything behind the Iron Curtain was just sort of terra incognito you didn't know what that whole land was and now with you know the iron current curtain came down it's been down for a little while and the european union and now the ukrainian war it's like for a lot of americans there's there's sort of this new opening to a whole different world and a whole different history and so here here i am talking to you today uh how, how did this happen um you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't set up, you know, decide I'm going to go find people from Poland and Ukraine to talk to. I mean, you, you found your way into this little corner of the internet. How did that happen? Well, it was a pattern uh, with me as always. Um, I looked for friends. And uh, so two years ago, I met friends online because it was the new place i had to explore because of covid and so i i would not um, uh, my my irl friends they prefer to meet me in secret uh, like <laughs> during covid than uh, than online and i i expanded here and i met several people who were amazing so i started uh, streaming on Twitch poetry. I learned uh, 
how to uh, express myself in English better. And I started writing poetry in English. And hang on a second. Twitch poetry. So when I don't know hardly anything about Twitch, all I know about Twitch is that there's a whole bunch of gamers on Twitch. People watch each other's play games. Now you're telling me there's a whole, there's a poetry section of Twitch. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, we, we made it. With like, it was a dude Cordell. We, we were sitting just the two of us reading poetry to each other. Wow. And on Twitch. And like, <laughs> I don't want to name drop. Some famous person was watching us. And then he asked me to join Discord. So I joined his Discord. And so we, I, I started meeting a bunch of people on Discord. And I started uh, a podcast as well. And I had uh, Mercury in there. I met Grimm in there. Um, I met Ironroot, uh, Manuel, Mark, like all this little corner of the internet. They started inviting me to their places. I stopped uh, doing things on Twitch. Um, and I actually basically for a year stopped doing anything for YouTube. Uh, but when the war started, actually, uh, Manuel and Grimm both encouraged me to, um, to instead of like boiling in uh, negativity, to put things out there. So I started my line by line. Because mom forbade me to cry about Ukraine too much. She said, like, no, you don't spread negativity. You only put positivity and humanity into the world. Well, she was scared. Well, talk to me about line by line a little bit. So I'll put the mm -hmm. link to your I'll put the link to your channel below. Um, mm -hmm. But how? what I mean, so you are clearly you were into music and you got into poetry and that then somehow you wound up, you know, with Mercury. Um, Mercury's, I haven't seen Mercury for a while, but those of you who are real OG, this little corner folks will remember Mercury and the Grim was first on the Sorting Yourself Out pod, the Sorting Yourself Out channel. The Sorting Yourself Out channel was a very interesting channel. It was a guy who decided he was going to apply Jordan. He was going to be a Jordan Peterson fundamentalist. And so he followed, he YouTubed himself, applying Jordan Peterson fundamentally. But then there were some issues that there were some aspects of his life where he's sort of fudging and that got exposed. And then the channel got handed down. Mercury had it. That's Grim was Grim was on there when I first met Grim. So there's a, you know, there's there's always a lot of little movement on the internet and social media. So so that's that's the crew you got you got um got connected with and then who what was the idea behind line by line? Uh, the idea was so I'm trying instead of focusing on big ideas and politics and all of that, zoom into people and like specific people. Uh, so basically, to show how the person next to me sees the music understands it like what stands out like what what did you notice in that particular um, poetry that you just heard and like why and it's it's like showing a little bit of soul and because um 
people are very, very different. I noticed that like, even though they're generalized under category guys or category women or like this or that group or nation, everybody is different. And that's the idea behind it. A person from the same city, background, age can understand the same song way differently. And that's the idea for me. Uh, People are important, not the knowledge behind uh, what was the reasoning for the author to do it. No, what you as a listener understand listening to Sound of Silence, let's say. Sound of Silence means for so many people different things. That's true. That's true. So you get, you get, and you have a fair amount of randos on there. You don't necessarily get people of high status, but um, you, you, you come and you talk, well, I'm okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Correct me. Um, t- tell me about the, tell me about the big names on your channel. Oh, uh, no, not the big name. <laughs> it's like they're all high status for me. Ah, Actually, that's beautiful. <laughs> like, my favorite people, um, they are the people who are not present on YouTube, uh, like uh, Agent 69. He did not have a YouTube. Uh, like he started a YouTube just to, to make a kind of tribute to Line by Line, which was really beautiful, uh, 15 minutes for which I got copy striked and everything but it's so beautiful that i will keep it even though like my channel got flagged a little bit (laughs) it's like um he he had a hard story he works as a janitor like he he he, he's a musician as well but he's trying he he has uh, like really health issues and uh, problems to understand and fears and I talked like he oh he makes me see in music new sides. It's amazing, and um, those are like the most interesting people for me to talk to. A person with most amount of uh, subscriber on YouTube, like he has like uh, four thousand subscribers on YouTube. When he comes on Lambaland. It actually sounds like he's giving me a lecture. It doesn't sound like a conversation. And I was like, just, mm-hmm. okay, I see what it is. Like, I'm trying to get him from the high horse to us talking. Uh, like, uh, and yeah, I like people who are just like real in, in a sense, like they're not, yeah, in their own um story too much now you've mentioned your mom has sort of made different appearances in this conversation obviously she grew up muslim um decided to become baptized orthodox um i mean almost sounded like sent you to school when she had her son but it quite clearly you continue to have an important relationship with your mom you 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 listen to your mom and it sounds like you respect your mom oh yeah like she is a big matriarch for me <laughs> i i will it's it's the roots in a sense if if i will uh, respect my roots 
uh, it makes my core stronger. Mm. If I will find things to disrespect about my roots and that if I will focus on that, um, it will make me weaker. That's what my grandma taught me, who is like awesome. Yeah. You got a lot of good lines in there. I type that. I, I take notes during um, these conversations <laughs> often. It helps me kind of remember if we talk again, I can go back over my notes. It also helps me figure out, try to figure out a title for these conversations, which is always sort of a challenge because I often try to figure out a title that will, that will, that will um, invite people to listen because I know the culture of the internet. And, you know, if I'm having a conversation with Jordan Peterson or Jonathan Peugeot or John Verveke, everybody will watch because it's Peterson, Peugeot or Verveke. But if I have a conversation with a rando, people just, you know, they just swipe on, but um, it's in in my opinion, it's these it's these conversations. Sort of what you you said with respect to line by line. It's these conversations with very real people that um, that actually I think we can see a lot about the world. But not to say any take anything away from Peter Shannon, Ravaki, or Peugeot, but we've heard a lot from them, and so it's it's good to hear from others. Um, now you. So when you reached out to me, um, you wanted to talk about the war. And obviously, I mean, wars are, I was thinking about this last night. I mean, wars are, in some ways, man-made natural disasters. They impact everyone. And um, obviously, in... I mean, you grew up in an area where there are a lot of Russians, so you grew up speaking Russian. But then, you know, you learned Ukrainian. Um, that's and so that's that's the way you identified yourself first. You're Ukrainian. You have a Ukrainian passport. You're living in Poland. You've been living in Poland for 20 years. Um, and then, of course, the war starts. Uh, was your mother and you had mo your mother and your family living in Ukraine when the war started? Well, uh, so 22nd of February, uh, Russia announced independence of Donetsk and Luhansk. And my friend who is Russian, she calls me and she says, get your family out of Ukraine, please. And I was like, why? What? And she's like, okay, things are brewing. I, I kind of uh, warned my mom. So the first thing I did, I sent her money because like, okay, I don't know what is brewing, but like money you will need. And on the 24th of February, heavy bombing started everywhere, especially the South was just like immediately occupied right away. Yeah. And what happened was um, when the South got occupied, all the roads from Ukraine were cut so no food, no help, nothing would come through. And uh, people were, let's say, isolated right away. And um, uh, uh, my grandpa's, my grandma's, my grandma's husband, her second husband, uh, he died in the first week of war from a heart attack because ambulance weren't coming oh my so she had to bury him quietly under all the shooting 
and then she was hiding in a cellar for a month. So the war is terrible. Like you, I, I could not do anything to help. Like there is nothing I could have done, like literally. So I decided the first thing I should do is to read news as much as possible to be in their mindset. And like that did not turn out really well. I got very much poisoned. And then I had to unwind that type of thinking. It, it happened. I, I survived. So all that ordeal, that roller coaster, and then I managed to get my sister out. All of those stories were nothing compared to one morning. Uh, actually, when I reached out to you, like I asked you, like, okay, Paul, are you serious about doing a conversation? Because I'm really in a bad state. I meant it. Because the bomb fell next to my mom and blew out her windows. Like my grandmother's house was bombed. It's like we evacuated grandma. It was somehow fine. But when my mom and my grandma and, and the second house was also bombed, like all the houses, like everything in my village started uh, being destroyed. I, I had like... I had I actually thought I will never talk to them again. I was convinced that the war is taking my family away. So um, anyway, uh, I started like doing things like I need to go out there and talk about it because that's the only thing I was able to find as a solution to help the situation. And um, dehumanization of others. Uh, so I decided I will show that others are also people. So I asked my friend who always refused to be on camera, she's Russian, to come in and actually show herself and tell that like, okay, we are Ukrainian and the Russian, the friendship is possible. So I did that video in order to give a little bit of positive um, way out other than enemy against enemy and there is no other solution. There is a solution. It's to see people in others, not that machine that comes to kill you. No, there are people behind the machine on every side. And you agreed uh, to talk to me, which I'm really grateful. And then another big channel uh, called Russia, from, from inside Russia, inside Russia. It's like 200,000 subscribers, very intimidating. Each video gets 50,000 views right away, daily streams. like, And that channel noticed me and they also reached out. <laughs> like, And they're like, let's collaborate. And I'm like, I have nothing. There is nothing I can say. Like I can tell my story, but I don't have a solution. Yeah. So I, I'm coming out uh, in hope that people will maybe uh, advise me or you, Paul, anyone who watches, because I have no solution for how to heal that rift. No. I, I really want the war to stop. Yeah. But there is good news. Uh, my mom managed to evacuate to the city with grandma and all the cats. 
because that was the reason she did not want to leave because she was saving animals like i, I could not hate the animals but it was really <laughs> really bizarre i was like mom get out of there and she's like everybody got out and left so many animals and that's how hell looks like it's just like constant shooting and dogs howling you think mm-hmm. they would be quiet but they're howling at the shootings um yeah so a week ago they escaped and she got eight cats with her and they are in a safe place and she sent me video with all the cats and all the cats are beautiful they're like different sizes and then she adopted two more cats which was amazing yeah so she has she has a grandma and cats and my stepfather so well, I, am, I am i am glad she got out with grandma and all the cats that's that's good news that's good news and she told me like which was amazing she has windows now and she really appreciates having windows yeah 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 it's a it's amazing if it's amazing when catastrophe befalls what things that you took for granted before suddenly you see the value of so your grandma and your mom are safe with the cats are they still in ukraine or are they in poland oh no no they're in Kherson. so very much under bombing still but like they are safe in the meaning <laughs> they're, they're not in the village the village at the south it was like Russian forces were uh, eight kilometers from them, and mm-hmm. all Ukrainian forces were in the village oh boy. shooting. And yeah. like they yeah, were yeah. basically in the middle of crossfire. They're in the battlefield. And there is like those machines called Grad that can shoot from super far away. And like there is, there are no windows in the entire village left. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm already like my school is bombed. They will... Yeah. So, you know, uh, helplessness is a is a bad thing, and I I honestly like the help that I need is advice. Uh, nothing more. I I would like to know what can I say when I go, uh, when I reach out and when I talk further people were like figure out your message like well that's my message that's not strong enough well like (laughs) there there's i i think i think in many ways the best you can do is tell the truth and i i you know i don't i'm by i am not a i'm not a political character I'm by no means an expert on any of this. And so I don't really have any advice to give you besides tell the truth. And, you know, you know, there's wars, wars come, they always have. And I don't believe they're going to stop until, until this world's present story is wrapped up. Um, and you know i i don't know much about like i said earlier i don't know much about that part of the world and you know when i've i've read a fair i've read you know i i enjoy reading history and i've read you know a lot of war history the summer i spent 
um, I read through a large trilogy on the um, the Japanese side of the Second World War. Uh, you know, there's it's there's just so much tragedy with war. You've got people making decisions that that cause war, but you've also got these large forces that are that are that are moving through history and it's not you know it's not a tremendous this war is not a tremendous surprise look at i mean just look within your lifetime all the changes that happened you had that upheaval with the collapse of the soviet union you had all of the turmoil economically socially borders um that happened in the aftermath of that collapse you've got you know, strong, I mean, we don't even pay much attention to the reunification of Germany. You know, the partition of Germany and its reunification, these are tremendously large things happening to a lot of people. Um, European unification, you know, Poland being part of the European Union, Poland and Romania being part of NATO, and now, you know, Finland and Sweden you know, Ukraine is just right there on the frontier. And, you know, I've listened to some, I've listened to some things about the history of Ukraine, trying to learn a little bit of it, but it's, it seems like a, it seems like one of these places that is just sort of in the middle. Poland, the same way, that whole area of Eastern Europe is just an avenue. And yet there's, there's great farmland, there's resources, there's, history that goes back a long, long ways to the Slavs and the Vikings and, you know, up from Constantinople. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an area of the world with, with an astoundingly important um, nexus of history. And I don't know when, how, why this war will end. And I hope you, that your mother and your grandmother and the cats are safe. And then, I don't know, I listen and you say, well, they're not out of Ukraine. They're right there. And I'm thinking, get them further, get them further, get them out. You know? It's but, a painful subject. I, I, I tried. I did so many things. Like uh, you, I can't convince my mom. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very much obedient. Yeah. Like she's like, no. You cannot convince me. I'm happy that your sister is out. Um, that mom thing again. Yeah, I, 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 I cannot force my mom. No, you can't. Yeah, I can't. understand her. Yeah, she knows better somehow. Yeah. Like she's like, I know better. Yeah. Uh, do you do you pray? Every day, every day, with Holy Father. Okay. Like I keep reciting it. Uh, it's it's really important to me yeah. yeah but it it had been going on since i was a child actually precisely that i was reaching out to father somehow because <laughs> like it's ochenash in, in russian it's really i really love it hmm. so i know it uh, there is this thing it's um help uh, that message of help and appreciation that I was hoping Christmas is right around the corner. And 
it's the thing that I wanted to say, help locally. I, I reached out to you specifically because of your videos uh, helping locally people. Yeah. Not the I'm like I'm 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 respectful of all the big ideas, yeah. but real life is spending time with people, helping people. I actually did like uh, when Freddie was like born, Christ, the Christ is born. It was super cool. I like that. Uh, did he write it or was he just rapping it? I'm sure he, I don't know. It's it's hard to account for what comes out of Freddie's mouth. <laughs> which is why, I, which is why I love I love doing stuff with Freddie. This is uh, those are the happy moments in life. Yeah. Uh, it's you. Yeah. Um, I have the best memories actually spending time in this innocence with people just having fun yeah. and uh, so before christmas i would love for christmas to hear my mom and grandma fight like i actually i could not wish for anything else like all i want for christmas is to hear my mom and grandma fight with each other it would be so amazing it's my favorite thing. I would be crying from happiness if I would hear them insult each other a little bit. It would be so cool. And those things should be appreciated a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, don't finance war. That's it. Like, people, if you finance, finance churches, finance yeah. people who help people. Yeah. do not finance weapons when i see like give money for weapons we will stop the war if you will give us more money for weapons yeah. i don't believe that's how things work yeah. Yeah. otherwise it would have worked before if things could have been solved with more weapons yeah yeah it's uh, i don't i don't i don't have any advice because the truth is i don't know i don't know and but I can pray. And, you know, I think you're right that we, um, I mean, do things locally, love, love the people around you and, um, pray that, pray that the war stops. And yeah, yeah. I mean, wars are politics by other means. I mean, that's what they are. And that's, this war very much is, but it would be nice if we would not use that means for politics and find other means for politics where we don't kill each other and shoot each other. And yeah. So I wish I had more advice for you. I wish I had an answer. I wish I could do something like that, but I don't have it. So. Well, it's nice that I'm able to talk about it Yeah. because uh, I cannot really talk about it on my channel because my mom watches my channel. <laughs> I mean, not now. <laughs> not, <laughs> have the, she has no internet right now. <laughs> she would completely be upset about me uh, saying all of those things because I'm not spreading joy. And um, like sometimes we need to talk truth. Well, joy, joy is not happiness. And, you know, all I want for Christmas is to hear my mom and grandma fight. There's a lot of joy in that. There is. 
Um, Mom managed to evacuate with grandma and all the cats. There's a lot of joy in that. There's, I, I, I think, I don't think you're disrespecting your mother. I think you are spreading joy and, and joy is, joy can have an element of, of lament and sorrow in it as well, as long as there's sort of a deep hope that's part of it. And, um, yeah, I, you know, and so of course everybody knows I'm a Christian minister and, and that's why, you know, it, so this time of year in America, a song, a hymn that we sing a lot is joy to the world, joy to the world. The Lord has come, let earth receive her King. And then the second stanza is no more let sin and sorrow grow or thorns and and war is a lot of thorns. And so um, we'll pray that we will pray that peace comes um, and that joy will prevail. But we also pray for the safety of your mom and your grandma and the cats. Thank you. All right. Is that a good place to land the plane? Or you got something else you want to say? No. Okay. It's a perfect place. All right.